0: welcome to the messenger podcast i'm addison bevere and today i'm joined by some special guests mary shaw hello there she is jordan lewis hey hey and sarah Trupo. what's up how are you sarah i'm great the executive producer is on the show with us today <laughs> kind of scared
1: well you know stay in line everyone I, I stay will, <laughs> in
0: line I will, I will stay in line
1: follow your outlines just kidding <laughs> She's not kidding. She's not. I just got to look.
0: <laughs> Today's episode is part of our five-week series called Reset. We created this series to help you reset every aspect of your life so you can begin 2019 with strength. Our panel of guests have been sharing their personal stories of success and failure, and our goal is to give you strategies for stewarding your health, relationships, finances, career, and soul and if these episodes have been speaking to you please be sure to share them with your friends and don't be afraid to drop us a comment on itunes or write a review and rate the show because we actually read those don't we yeah we do, we do. don't we jordan we do can <laughs> yeah you, can you prove Today, that we actually read them here
2: is proof today's <laughs> review comes from Nako t who says each episode is full of applicable truth and principles it has helped me grow in my walk with god thanks Nako t yeah thank you're you you're a real one Nako. Is that like maybe it could be like Noko, like uh-huh. Northern Colorado?
1: Like no, um, no, no.
0: The secret is if you don't know how to say someone's name, you just say it. <laughs> <laughs> and you the only person <laughs> who knows that you didn't know how to say it, is the person no, whose name. No, but it could be a username.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like maybe their name, that's a If name. your name is Nako, please write the yes. ministry because hey, we'd like to know Nako, how to say your name.
0: we appreciate you. Thank <laughs> you. True. We do, truly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For, for sharing your thoughts and sharing a comment. So today, <laughs> in this whole Reset series, we are tackling the subject of work and career.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, <laughs>
0: dun. This super intimidating what are you called to do with your oh, life? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need yeah. to have everything answered in the next 10 minutes, <laughs> <That's> otherwise <true. laughs> you're in big trouble.
1: When you're 18, Well, you the good know. news is everyone, in the next 20 minutes, we're gonna give you all the secrets. Absolutely. Everything. Everything,
0: everything. <laughs> everything that they need to know. <laughs> all joking aside, this topic is super important um, because Sarah put some notes in here for me to read, which I will read now. The average <laughs> American spends 90,000, yes, 90,000 hours at work over their lifetime.
3: That's too many hours. Wow.
0: Uh, 87% of Americans have no passion for their jobs. So people are investing 90,000 hours of their life to their work, and then 87% of these people have no passion for their jobs. That's scary. Uh, If you live to be 79, on average, you will spend 13 years of your life at work. Okay. So I think what we do with our time is rather important. So we need, to, we need to talk about how we can determine what we should be doing with our time in the areas of calling and work. Cool.
1: Yes. Cool. Yeah, cool. Alright,
0: so let's let's start let's start off with a question. What's the weirdest job you've ever had?
1: <laughs> who's going first?
2: Why does everyone look at me? Like, you're the producer. <laughs> so we're all looking I mean, at you. No, <laughs> I will go I will go first. Okay, I hear that. It, I hear it. okay so I have a fear of mascots <laughs> just because <laughs> I don't know who's in the in the costume, right? That's a valid fear. Yeah. So I'm literally. But, sure but tell me the, the plot twist and it thickens because my weirdest job was that I was a mascot for one day. For it was what? the worst. For like some kids' party thing, I was like an eagle, like a baby eagle and I had to walk around in this costume. <laughs> <Baby> <laughs> it was the eagle. literal worst. Yeah. So that was that was the worst job ever for I, me personally. You know, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. No no shade to mascot to like do backflips and stuff, but it was just not for me. So there's uh, that. there you that's
1: know. a good one. I don't know if I can beat that. Uh, I, I can beat that. Uh,
3: all right. You want me to beat that? Yes. So in high school, I had a friend who was working at a vet office, and she's like, hey, come work here. It's great. It's a little filing, little, yeah. Actually, what the job was, um, I should insert a small trigger warning here. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> the job was when they euthanized the dog. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I would, listen, um, if somebody has to do it, I would drag <laughs> Stop. the poor dogs. They would be on a blanket and they were already gone. I would drag them to the back and oh prepare my. them for wow. the next step. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <That's> Dog <laughs> heaven.
3: That's literally That's the worst. But yes. <laughs> yes. You yeah. win. Oh, That's like, horrible. I, wow. I yeah. would have
1: cried. How did you even go to work doing that?
3: Well, I wasn't, I, I had no emotional connection to these dogs.
1: But I love pets. I love dogs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Mary is a pet hater. <laughs> I'm not a pet hater. Excuse <laughs> me. Okay, I just have a weird job. So I... Well, I had a lot of jobs. I was an x-ray technician. I yeah. was a phone caller. I sat in a little hut, and I called people from my college and asked them to give more money to my college. You wow. are the one I block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a tour guide, so I gave tours. Of what? Like, of the college. Oh, I did okay. a lot of jobs. I mean, my weirdest was, the, was the doing the x-rays, but that's because my dad made me do it because he was a chiropractor, and so he was like, if you want me to help you, With buying a car, you have to work for me all summer, and I was like, okay, cool. What am I gonna do? Just file, and he's like, no, you're gonna do. You're gonna develop the X-rays, and this is like old school film, like no digital, nothing. Like dip it in the different and like the red. Wow, yeah, okay. So it's it's kind of level, but it was cool. I liked
0: it. Yeah, mine's not that exciting. I worked at Express for a day.
1: Uh, you told I, me that story. <laughs> I heard that story. I worked at Express. <laughs> it was a good day. For a day? No, I worked for a whole like I just worked holiday for one season. day. Black Friday. What happened? You just were like, this is no, not for it, me?
0: Well, one of my friends worked there, and he's like, hey, we're expecting a lot of traffic on Black Friday. Do you want to work for a day? <laughs> and I said, sure.
1: And you just, what, what job did you have? Were you the greeter? Were you a folder? Were you a?
0: You know what? I I don't really feel like I did anything.
1: (laughs) So you just sit around
3: and express all day. (laughs) (laughs) But you got that employee (laughs) discount, right? Listen, I got
0: 40% off (laughs) all (laughs) gift cards. And you better believe everyone that I knew got an (laughs) express gift card. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's awesome. (laughs) You get a gift card. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Well, depending. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to wrangle us back here. because. Sorry. Here's the thing. Well. For our listeners, you know, you guys, maybe you're working at Express right now, you know, and or maybe you're just trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing right. with my life? So I'd love to know from you guys what how did you find or uncover or are you still seeking out your career and calling? And do you believe that there is like a divine calling or specific vocation that we're meant to have?
3: Yeah, for sure. So I don't know that I would call it a, a divine calling and vocation. I don't I don't know. Those words seem a little. um
0: Intimidating,
3: maybe, yeah, yeah, or a little too like permanent, like kind of like the soulmate word, like there's one person or there's one job. You don't believe that? We're not not gonna get into that on today's episode. (laughs) No, sorry. Um, but I will say that God has always used um, circumstances where He highlighted gifts in me to point me in the right direction. That's great. So I knew from a very young age that I was called to go to college. That was something that was new for my family. I knew that business was the direction I was heading in, but it wasn't until I was sitting in an accounting class and realizing that no one else understood <laughs> what was happening, but it made perfect sense to me. Right. I was like, "Okay, so my brain is wired a little differently than their brains, and maybe this is something that God's kind of pointing me towards." So for me, that's what it was. He never came down and said, "You will be a CPA," but he showed me, hey, look,
1: you're good at this, and this is hard for other people. Right. So maybe, you know, go that way. Did you feel like it was a pretty straight and narrow path to kind of following the processes to becoming a CPA, or did you wander around and pop from, like, different careers to different things?
3: I didn't really wander, but I can't say that it was, like, a straight – nothing fell in my lap. That's what I'll say. Like, good. Like, I had to – listen and pray and be obedient. And sometimes I had to take brave steps that I wasn't sure what was going to happen and just trust God that he was going to take care of me. So nothing fell in my lap, but it was for sure divinely orchestrated without a doubt. I love that.
2: How about you, Jordan? So for me, um, it was kind of a similar thing where God did not come down and Uh say, you Jordan will do finance forever. But for me, it was a, I want to glorify God And what is the best way I think I can do that? And I think people, when they think about glorifying God or how am I going to serve God, they think about I have to be a pastor or be a Mm -hmm. worship leader or do something like that. And that's never been my my understanding of God or how he works. Like I think about the spiritual gifts. So there are pastors, evangelists, prophets, Uh apostles, teachers, right? But there's also gifts of administration. Someone has the gift of giving. Someone has the gift of, I don't know, whatever else. Right. Um, and so for me thinking about spiritual gifts in that regard, it kind of helped me open my eyes to say, there are many ways I can glorify God and what, what is the best way I think I can, I can do that. So for me, I have a gift of giving. It is, um, my number one spiritual gift. So for me, I studied finance because I thought if I want to glorify God through being generous, I need to know something about money. Otherwise, that's good, Jordan. You know, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't be steady that's with awesome. that. So yeah, so that was kind of my meandering path and direction. I love that. Yeah,
1: I would say for me, it was definitely a multi-passionate journey. Like I was very <laughs> much. I think I calculated I had like something like. Fourteen different careers, sort of things that I had started, and then, so for like I, when I got out of college, I just knew that I felt divided. Like there was half of me that wanted to be like a missionary and like travel the world and like you know just devote my life to being on the front lines of sharing the gospel, and there was this other half of me that was highly educated and really wanted to make a difference in the marketplace. Like the school I went to was next door to Oprah, and I thought, who's reaching? Oprah, who's reaching the CEOs and the executives yeah, that's and, great. you know, and so there was this kind of blend, but I felt like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it is now, we'll say, I think it's like yeah, a lot 10 one. sounds like a good number. Okay, yeah. let's yeah. ten. Sounds good. It was a little bit of time. You know, there wasn't really a career path that was like, here, come here if you're a uh, halfway a missionary and a halfway a marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, there was sure. no, no like, job description. Yeah, like
0: Hybrids approved.
1: Right. And so I started out feeling super lost because all my friends felt like they were on this track like becoming lawyers or doctors or you know starting a business or like getting their master's degree and I was like I I try you know I thought about taking the LSAT I talk I thought you know I was going to take all I literally took all of the exams and then applied to <laughs> no grad schools you know I, I started <laughs> a lot of money girl yeah and I started it I started out you know working in the healthcare world doing like Uh, you know, insurance claims collection. Let me tell you how boring that is. Uh Then I went to from that to like, you know, doing like working in politics. Then I went from that to starting a business. So it just was this like path that to me, I felt at times like, man, I'm so lost. I'm so distracted. Like, why am I being a fundraiser? And then also have this experience working at Nordstrom selling purses. Like what, how does this all equate? And I think it's taken me, I remember the Lord told me like, it's going to take you 10 years to find what I want you to do. And I was like, I'm 22. There's no way I'll find it out
0: in a year. So Sarah, I want to hit on something there. So a lot of people, they have this idea that calling is singular one. Right. And it's something you discover one time. Right. And then it's this flashing light that you head toward your entire life. Right. And I would say that calling isn't discovered. It's cultivated. Right. Wow. And so what everyone's describing here is a process of cultivation. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Proverbs 25, it says that purpose in the heart of a man is like deep waters, but a man of understanding draws it out. So this reference is to a well. So think about what you do with a well. What do you do? Do you go down one time and pull it up and then you have all the water that you need? No, you keep going down and up, down and up, down and up. And that really is the journey of discovering our calling, because the reality is we can't handle... Our 20-year-old selves can't handle what God has for us, the full understanding, the full picture of what God has for us. It's true. When we're 40 or when we're 50 or when we're 60. Yeah. And so it is. It's a journey of trust. It's a journey of faith. And it's ultimately a journey of obedience. Yes. It's doing the last thing. Like what you said, Mary, you were faithful to what God was telling you to do in that season. So it's doing the last thing that God told you to do. I see so many people are like, I'm just looking for God to give me a sign.
2: Yeah. I just I just want
0: I just want to oh, sign yeah. from God. Blinking. And you know what? My response always is to that. What was the last thing God told you to do? Yep. And have you done that?
1: Right. And have you done it faithfully without complaining? And have you and I think I love what you just said there because I think for me I came out of college really feeling like I'm going to change the world now. Like not in five years, not in 10 years. Like it is happening in the next year and a half. Or my life is meaningless. Or my (laughs) life is meaningless. And I was really, I came from a school that was awesome and it really encouraged us that we could change the world. But like, I didn't understand like what Addison, you were saying. I didn't understand that having to throw my bucket back into the well a few times was not, it was part of the process. That's amazing. And so what right. I thought was, you know what? I should be able to throw this bucket in here and draw out exactly what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life within the next year and a half. And I got put so much pressure. By the time I was 25, I was like, what are you doing with your life? A quarter like, life crisis. Total. <laughs> oh, quarter full life. on. Like, And I was like, I am so lost. But the truth is that it took another seven years of continuing to drop that bucket in. And now I can see how God has used all of my skills that I've picked up by being faithful at Nordstrom, by being faithful at express, by being faithful for my dad's company, making x-ray, like being faithful, all these things like, uh, you know, learning how to do fundraising, learning how to, you know, all these things require you to develop skills. And now when I'm able to step into doing things that I really feel called to or passionate about, I actually bring something to the table. Whereas 10 years ago, I didn't, have a lot of skills. I didn't have a lot of experience. I had a lot of passion and a lot of drive, but now it's like the Lord has equipped me to continue to do the work. And I'll be honest, like at 32, about to turn 33, I feel like I have a trajectory. I don't feel like I I still hold it loosely though. Like, you know, I still say, Hey, you know, I feel more like, I know the direction and the things, but I still have an open hand of like, okay, I could do that for two years and God could just
2: completely redirect me, so. Sure, I think too, people, like I love how you've had multiple um, steps in your path and kind of exploring your multi-passionate life. Um, I like the way you worded that. I think people, and I know I did this, I got very stuck in a narrow-minded way of thinking about calling and career and not realizing actually the Holy Spirit is fluid, so it's yeah. okay for me to be fluid. It's okay, and even expected for me to have a wandering path, a meandering path, because one day maybe the Lord wants you to meet someone at Nordstrom and then three months later he wants you to talk to someone at Express you know and it's like we forget yeah. that our calling has to do with bringing God's family back to him and glorifying God wherever we are like and maybe that looks like I'm going to be a doctor or we're going to be accountants or we're going to be you know film producers and do all these things but it, it really is in all that we do we are glorifying God and lifting up his name and we can do that anywhere and everywhere because not everyone is going to step foot in a church. Not everyone is going to no. hear yeah. the gospel. They're going to see your life wherever you are. And like all calling I think is encompassed within that.
1: And can I just speak to that really quick? Yes. Because I think for me, I didn't now I've seen this so many times that it's almost like I, I, I don't even question it. But like when I worked at Nordstrom, that exact thing happened. A lady came wow. in, I sold a handbag to her and I ended up seeing her, in the political context, like months later when I got hired and she became somebody who really opened doors for me. So there's a lady who came in, I sold a handbag to, and then she ended up being in my political world just a few months later. And I had no idea that world was coming to me. So the thing is, is don't despise small beginnings, you know, and
0: faithfulness creates opportunity. Absolutely.
1: And so I I would love to, um, if you guys would share just a bit, if you've ever been in a job or in a season where you're really miserable, like what do you do?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think like when you don't meander around. So for me, I worked in the same industry for over a decade. You know, it was literally from the time I graduated college until just 18 months ago or so. I worked in oil and gas, which isn't exactly the most thrilling maybe of industries. And there were a lot of times where I would feel what I would call discontent or um, bored even. That's a great word, right? And um The thing was, is God would always bring me back to, why do you think you're here? Wow. And it was never, I was here to account for oil and gas molecules. (laughs) He could have found someone else to do that with a lot more passion. But it was, why are you here? And so for me, I know that those people that I worked with day in and day out, to see someone who consistently showed up, had a good attitude, and had a life that was a ministry in a sense, you know, there were people who didn't go to church, who didn't believe in God, but when something bad happened, whose office do you think they came to? Right. I mean, and I'm not this warm, fuzzy, let's hug kind of girl, but they knew that if they came into my office, I had peace Wow. and I could offer something yeah. that they needed. And even outside of that, I feel like my life of, of being consistent. And this is what God asked me to do. It's not necessarily what he's asking everyone to do, but that consistency not only spoke to the people I worked with, it spoke to the people in my family. It spoke to the people that saw me be consistent and even saw me be consistent when maybe things weren't great. It's yeah, when right. I didn't have a lot of passion right. for it, but it was always this constant reminder of why are you here? Why do you think you're here? And for me, um, just being reminded of that and going, God, I've lost sight of why I'm here. Remind me. Yeah. And that helped me get through those seasons of discontentment. And then knowing, too, like as long as I'm in that constant communication with him, when it was time to take a step away, I knew it. And he orchestrated it, and it was awesome. So, I feel like you have to, it is that faithfulness, whether the faithfulness is in hopping around and doing a lot of things because you don't know where you've landed, or that faithfulness is in just consistency where you are.
0: I think the secret, too, another secret is never look at your life as, oh, I'm in a season of transition. Because the reality is, our entire life is a series of transitions. Yeah, for sure. And so, if you don't dignify the quote unquote in between, you're not going to find the sense of purpose and opportunity in those in-between seasons. And so every season is meaningful. Yes. Every season has value. Even if you hate where you're at, if you serve, if you invest, if you do what you need to do in that season, God will open up opportunities for you to go elsewhere, or he will open your eyes to that other opportunity. And the thing that I would tell people, if you feel discontent where you're at, ask yourself, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? Don't run from something, run to something. So find Mm -hmm. a vision for that next season of your life and start building for that season. Start practicing right now in this present time, in this time of transition, the time of in-between. Start practicing for that next thing that you feel like you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. And I think giving yourself permission to say, like, my path isn't going to look like everyone else's path, because I felt a lot of condemnation about I'm not doing the same job for five or 10 years. I felt a lot of worry that I was screwing my life up, for lack of a better term. And so it was just like, I think I like to look at it as assignments, you know, and when you're on assignment, like if you're sent as a diplomat to a country and you're on an assignment, you are planted there you are rooted there until you're reassigned yeah and so That's for me right. it was like getting rid of a mentality of like oh, i can leave here at any time i yes. could find something better i could da, da, da. and it was shifting to you know i'm on an assignment for this political campaign until the election happens and when that happens then i'll let god reassign me if need be or i'll stay but the thing was Once I started thinking about assignments, then it started to free me up from going, like, I have to control my way into some sort of destiny. And it could give me the freedom to say, God, okay, you've assigned me here. Let me know when it's time to pull up anchors and go to the next assignment. And I think the big thing for me was it didn't mean that the assignment I liked. Like, some of my assignments, there was one assignment I, like in my political assignment like every day i would read psalm 27:14 which said wait patiently for the lord be brave and courageous <laughs> I can yes do this. wait patiently yeah. for the lord i would play a worship playlist from you know 7am to 8am while i was doing my political stuff like and i would just try to set my mind up and say god i don't like this assignment but i'm going to do my very best in it and i'm going to serve faithfully here until the election and that was what i knew i had to do didn't mean that i liked it and so that was the other thing is like, if you don't like your assignment right now, that's okay.
2: It is. Yeah. Create some is. strategies for how to to do it well. Yes,
0: that's great. That's a great strategy, Sarah. Anyone else?
2: Yeah. Um, so I worked uh, at a large investment bank um, before uh, coming to work uh, for a ministry. And it was a very hard job for me personally. And so I really had to make sure I was prayed up every day. It was very easy for me to kind of go into the workplace and just, I'm going to grit my teeth and bear it and I'm going to suffer yeah. and, you know, and I didn't have any spiritual strength to do what I needed to do. So I would say being prayed up, even if it's five minutes, you know, so important. before going into the work day, um, that was something that got me through, Uh, my time in my investment banking career.
3: Yeah, for me, Sarah, it's funny. I actually have a playlist called Drive-In that I would use (laughs) (laughs) specifically for my drive into work. Uh, But honestly, one of the things, this is more practical, but whenever I would start to feel that discontentment Um, Or to feel like I need a change, I need a shift, something. I would always prepare. Like my goal was to leave my job well, even if I was just being reassigned in the same company. So it's like, how can I prepare for the next person to do this well? And honestly, that's just being... That's just being a good employee, right? but I would just start to prepare things. I would say, okay, let me clean up. Let me make sure that this position, this post is clean for the next person. And truthfully, when I would do that and I would do it well, God would always be faithful and I'd get moved. And it was always so nice because it's like, Hey, this is ready for you. Yeah, that's great. And it, you, you want to leave things well, yeah. if, if, if it is your time to go, you want to leave well, it's always.
0: Good, it's so good. I would leave people with this, and it's a promise from the Psalms. It says, I think this is Psalm 37, For the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, because the Lord holds them by the hand. And I think there's probably a lot of people out there, you think, Man, I missed it. I've missed it in work, I've missed it in my calling. And I want to let you know that you have not missed it. Today is a new day. Today presents opportunities for you to be faithful to what God's placed on your life, and I encourage you to see your life through the lens of His faithfulness, and as you do that, you'll see the meaning that is around you. You'll see those opportunities to impact the people in your world right now that you're probably not viewing as part of the calling, as part of the opportunity that God's put on yeah. your life. Well, Mary, Sarah, Jordan, thank you so much. Yeah. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are powerhouses. I'll tell you what, I felt a little intimidated being in the room oh, with you through. <laughs> So everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning in today. And if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And again, I want to leave you with this thought. Remember, you are a messenger to the people in your world. Your life is a message. So lean into God's grace and watch your world change. Until next time.
3: Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.